Appreciate it. Um, my, yeah, so my name is Braden. So I am one of the pastors at Lakeside Baptist Church in Perth. I also grew up in Albany, as we said before. So Mrs. Wallace uh, was my year three teacher, uh, taught me everything I know. Uh, and so, funnily enough, so David Juniper and John Power, who was preaching last week, they were also the pastors of the church that I was growing up at. Um, so, Albany people, we can't run away from us. We're everywhere. Uh, but great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I wanted to start off by sharing a school story that has no relation at all to Mrs. Wallace. Uh, it was actually when I was in year 12, uh, and my work ethic at school was not terribly great. Uh, in fact, it was, it was terrible. Uh, and I wasn't a big fan of studying. And so that was fine with some subjects. Like, so maths, I could just add things together and it was fine. Uh, but when it came to English, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't very good at it. And I didn't want to do any work. And so I remember one exam. I, I rocked up to the exam. And there was uh, this person in my class who was quite good at English. And I said to her, give me a smart word. Uh, and I said, I'm going to use this word in every essay. I'm gonna, and it's going to bring me home. I'm going I'm to ace this exam by putting this word in this essay. And I got it back. I failed the exam, of course. Uh, and every time I saw the word that I'd use and hope some sort of tick of approval, they'd underlined it with a big red question mark. I used the word wrongly. Uh, it also had no benefit all to me passing this exam. And overall, really, I, I had missed the point of what was actually supposed to be in that exam. They wanted me to answer a question. They wanted me to write something meaningful. And I thought if I put a smart word in there, that that would get me over the line. Uh, when in reality, smart words might have been useful, but just one word wasn't going to carry me there. That was, that was not the point of what the exam was for. Uh, and it was not very beneficial to me. But I completely missed the point. And today, we're, we're looking a little bit at the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we do the same thing. We, we'll focus on something that, that probably does have some kind of relation to, to the Holy Spirit, but, but we miss the point. And so for some of us, we, we become so, so focused on uh, what the whole, how the Holy Spirit uh, changes us, makes us better people, helps us to, to read God's Word, and we become so focused on how does the, the Holy Spirit make me a better person? And then for some of us as well, we, we become so focused on, on the, the gifts and, and the power that the Holy Spirit, and become so focused on uh, how the Holy Spirit can make me experience God more. Or how, how can the Holy Spirit, you know, give me some special powers that are going to be really fun. Both of those things are part of what the Holy Spirit does, and they're both important, but if we, if we focus on those things, we, we miss the point. Because the Holy Spirit's like we're, it's not, it's, he's not there to, to make us good people. Like that's not, that's not, that's not the point. Because it's not about, because that's about us, right? If, if, if the Holy Spirit's purpose is to make us good people, then we're making the Holy Spirit about us. And if the Holy Spirit is about giving us some fancy gifts so we can do some cool things and experience God, then at the end of the day, we're making it about us. And so we, we turn the Holy Spirit into a person who makes us better in some way. And it, but that's not the point. And, and they're, they're functions that he carries out, but they're for a greater purpose. And then to say and to focus on those things would be to miss the point of what the Holy Spirit does. 
And so if we try and make an attempt to simplify what the Holy Spirit does, it is for the glorification and the magnification of God. And in doing that, bringing us to God so that we can glorify and magnify Him too. That is the the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And so we come to Acts chapter 2, and we're looking at this idea of Pentecost. And so if if we're trying to understand what Pentecost is, so uh, growing up, I got really scared of Acts chapter 2 because I thought this was the, the... I thought the Pentecostals owned this Bible passage because it was about the Pentecost. And so Pentecost was actually something that was before the Pentecostals and it was even before this uh, event. The Pentecost, the Pentecost was a Jewish celebration and it, and it kind of had two functions. So the, it, um, it came about 50 days after uh, the Passover. So Pe- Pentecost means 50 days. Uh, and you might have heard the, the Jewish term Shabbat. Has anyone heard that one before? So there was this, this Jewish celebration. Uh, and the first function that it carries out is it celebrates the time when Moses brought the law to the Israelites. And so there's this passage uh, in Exodus chapter 19. And this is what it says. On the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. And then Moses uh, led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up uh, like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. And so there's this time when, when, when God brought the law to Moses, he descended with fire on this mountain. And there was all these rules about how but to approach this mountain, and if they didn't follow the rules, they would die. But they could approach and get close to God, and God would reveal himself and, and show how great he was in that time. Uh, everyone was too scared to go close, so Moses had to go up by himself. Uh, but Moses brought down the law, and, and God had revealed himself and, and had shared himself with the people of Israel. But if we come to, to Acts uh, chapter... Uh, chapter 2, and we read what happens in those first three verses, this is what happens. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and then suddenly, like the, the blowing of a violent wind, so a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And so there's almost like these violent, these trumpet sounds come, and then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, so this fire that separates, so it's not in one place on a mountain, but it separates and came to rest on each of them. So no longer does the fire come down on this mountain that they have to approach, but all of a sudden the fire comes down and it separates and it enters them. Do you see the difference? So no longer is the, is the fire something that, is to, that, they, that they can't approach and no longer is there all these, you know, you have to go up this mountain to see God and, and no longer do you have to keep your distance, but the fire descends and comes on every single one of them. All of the Christians receive the fire. The fire comes down so that God can shine. This is God coming down for them shine, so it can shine through them and glorify God. No longer is God inaccessible. No longer is God something that because we are, are not good enough can't be near, but because of Jesus... 
Because of what Jesus has done, the fire can come down and separate and come on each and every one of us. God comes down and can, and be, and can become in us because of Jesus. The second thing of Pentecost is it's actually a harvest festival. So it, it, they, they were farmers and so uh, Pentecost was a time when they would, they would harvest the first part of their crop and they would have a celebration where they would eat. They would, eat, they would celebrate by eating the first fruits of that crop. And when, when the Spirit comes down, this is, this is us becoming back in, in relation with God. So before we were separate, before God was in a, in a tent or on a mountain, where now God is with us. And that's what salvation is, right? So salvation is us being brought back into relationship with God. And so for the Spirit to be coming and dwelling in us is the first fruits of our salvation. When we looked at Romans 8, it talked about how because of the Holy Spirit being in us, we, we, that's proof of our adoption. It's the first part of our salvation. It is the, the, the mark of Jesus and our relationship with God and it is the first fruits, just like the, the celebration of Pentecost was the first fruits of their harvest, this was the first fruits, the, the, the showing that Jesus has come, that Jesus has died on the cross and brought into relationship with God. So it's a significant time. Like this a holiday that has been redeemed and brought to, to greater meaning because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes down and, and manifests itself in us so that we can bring glory to God, so that we can be brought into that God, we can experience God. So it's a, it's a significant time. The second thing that, that happens, uh, if we go to, so we read, um, so there's Genesis uh, chapter 11, there's another passage um, of significance. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 11, 1 to 9. So it says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they, they found a plain uh, in Shinar and settled there. They came to each other uh, and said, Let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar instead of uh, tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people were speaking the same language, they had begun to do this, then nothing they planned to do would be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they would not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from their uh, from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why they called it Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the world. From there, the Lord scattered them all over the face of the whole earth. And, and so what happens when we get to uh, Acts uh, chapter 4? So all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, uh, and God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven uh, were gathered, uh, and when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each heard their own language being spoken. Now, so picture this. So, so in, uh, in, in the narrative of Genesis, there's this, there's this theme where people are being pushed further and further away from God. So they start in the garden of Eden, they're, they're with God, and then Adam and Eve sin, they push. He's banished. 
And so what happens when we get they cast scattered all over the whole earth. They push further and further away from God. Why? Because they wanted to make a name for themselves. Because they wanted to glorify themselves. And so there's this curse that descends down on them where, where they are, you know, there's more chaos. So, so not, not, order hasn't been, so order has gone and descended into more chaos in the same way that there's weeds and, and sin in the world. There's more chaos because of them hoping to glorify themselves. But as the Spirit comes, and as the Spirit comes to glorify God, what happens? People hear their own languages. And even for the Jews, so the Jews were one nation that all spoke one language, but all of a sudden, because of their, they rejected God and glorified themselves, they now speak different languages, and they don't understand each other. They've been banished across the world. But now God comes to glorify Himself and brings chaos into order. God brings everyone one language and, and helps them and undoes the curse of Genesis 11 and, helps, and, and brings glory to God. So there's some amazing things happening here. There's, there's something amazing going on in, in this process. And so, if we were to think about, so what's going on? So, if we, if we look a little bit further back, so they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, so Acts 1.8, so Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.14, they're praying in this room, waiting for the Holy Spirit. They're in this room, the Holy Spirit comes down on them, and then what happens after that? They go out. So, they're, they're in a room when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not other people with all these different languages, they're just a bunch of people gather in a room, they go out and then people see that they're speaking these languages. And these are, so we're not, this isn't a prayer language one today, this is distinct languages that people can understand. This, and, and in this time, they, they go out and start speaking to people and telling the wonders of God. So if we, if we were to continue on uh, reading, we can see, so, uh, so now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Uh, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all uh, speaking Galileans? So Galileans weren't known for their language skills. Uh, they were a bit like Australians. And so, when, and so then, how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Uh, Pathenians, Medes, Elamites, uh, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, uh, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. This is Rome. Uh, both Jews and converts to Jews and Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God. So what are they doing? They go out and they declare the wonders of God. The Holy Spirit comes down, they go out and they declare the wonders of God. And, and so this is, this is an important part because quite often we, we want the Holy Spirit for us, but we don't go out. We, we, we want the Holy Spirit to sanctify us. We want the Holy Spirit to empower us, but we don't go out. And, and this, is, this is a really tricky part because Going out is the scary part. Because what happens even... So, you've got to picture... This is the most significant Holy Spirit moment in history. And what happens? People, these people... So, they, they, they come down and so people think that they're drunk. 
Some have made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. So the most significant spiritual thing that's happened in the history of the Bible and people poke fun at them. So you've got to bet your bottom dollar that when we go out, what are the people going to do? People are going to make fun of us. People are going to be critical of us and like it's not, it's not going to be a, an easy road going out and sharing the wonders of Christ. It's scary. And there, there's, there's three uh, kind of things that, that can happen in that. So uh, there, I think, because quite often when we do this, we minimise the Spirit. We, we minimise, because we, we kind of hold the Spirit for ourselves and we, we don't want to go out and, and let the Spirit do His work through us by going out. And, and so, because we, like if, we, if we're just empowered to be a good Christian, like when, when we die, the reality is when we're with God, we're going to be a much better Christian than what we are now, Right? And when, when we go to heaven, we're going to, be, we're going to experience God much more than we are right now. So if that's the only point, it's useless. And, it, and it's, there's three reasons why I think we, why we're scared and, and how fear minimizes the Holy Spirit doing His work. So number one, uh, fear of, of, of losing control. So we, we love control, right? Everyone has a little bit of backseat driver in them. Everyone loves to kind of be holding the, holding the reins and uh, we, we love control. And in a Western world, like, we can control everything. You can get a good job, you can get a good salary, like, you can, like, you can be in control. But in order to, to say the Holy Spirit is in control is a hard thing for us to do because we, we have to acknowledge that we are helpless. We have to acknowledge that we can't actually do these things. It's the Holy Spirit that works through us and we have to give up that control. So we have, to, we have to get over the fear of control. The second thing is the fear of rejection and failure. So, so what if we go out? Um, has anyone tried sharing the gospel with someone and done a terrible job? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a, that's a bad, you know, like I remember the first time, I, I heard secondhand from a friend uh, that they, 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 they kind of were interested in Christianity and then after that they had no interest at all because I did such a bad job. Like, there's, there's times when we, when we fail and there's times when the Holy Spirit could have been a little more active in that time and there's times when people are just going to reject us and just like in Acts 2, like, we're going to experience mocking, reject, like, it's going to be bad. And so, and, but when we do that and when we kind of stay, it's like, all right, I'm not going to share the gospel because I know I'm not good at it. We, there's this fear of rejection and we minimise what the Spirit can do. There are some people that are terrible communicators that have brought many people to Christ. There are people that, that are incredibly uneducated that have brought many people to Christ. And, and, and more so because it glorifies God more than when the educated and the eloquent people do it. And so we need to get over the fear of rejection and failure because it's the Holy Spirit that does things and we need to let the Spirit do His work. The third piece of fear is the fear of a difficult call. Because often God will ask us, and in the Bible, like I'm not necessarily specifically talking about God's going to say, you know, you have to go and, and witness to a cannibalistic tribe or something, but, but quite often the Bible will tell us things that are uncomfortable. Like the gospel is, is not something that's looked upon particularly lightly because we're telling people that they're sinners. 
and that's not a comfortable thing to hear. And, and so the, 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 the Bible calls us and the Spirit calls us to do things that are difficult, to say things that are difficult, and sometimes God might call you specifically to do something that's not super comfortable. Because if, if God calls you to go and be a pastor, that's an uncomfortable thing because you can be more comfortable not doing that. And, and so sometimes we, we, we minimise the Spirit and minimise what He's able to do because we're scared that we're going to do something that's not comfortable. Or God is going to call us to do something that is uncomfortable for us. And so we need to, to get over the fear of, of, of being uncomfortable. That is a reality of our call. It's a re- reality of what we're trying to do because we want to see the glorification of God. Not the glorification of us. The Holy Spirit isn't for the comfort of us. The, the, the Holy Spirit isn't for, you know, a four-bedroom, two-house, 2.4 kids life. The Holy Spirit is for the glorification of God. And, and so, I, I really want to encourage you guys, because Margaret River is a crazy place. Like, you think, 50 years ago, like, you guys, you guys were a farming town, no one really knows, like a couple of surfers here, but you know, like it's not, like it's not. Now look at like long weekend, I can't get accommodation anywhere. Uh, like it's, people are coming from everywhere to, to live here, to, to experience spirituality here, to find their identity here. Like it's, a, it's an amazing place and an amazing opportunity. And so I'm so thankful that you guys are here because this is a place where people are looking and searching this is a place that people are gathering to. And for some, like for some of you guys, like you've just been here for a long time, you know, minding your own business and all of a sudden, you know, there's however many thousand people that have moved here and then a long weekend comes and they're, they're everywhere. But what an opportunity to share what God has done. What an opportunity to let the Spirit get to work. Like, what an opportunity. And so I, I, I want to encourage you guys because, yes, the task is big and, yes, it's a, a difficult thing, but I, like, this is an amazing place where people are gathering, hoping to find something, hoping to discover something. And, and you guys are here with something pretty cool to discover. You are here with the gospel of Jesus who, who died for them who rose again and conquered sin and death so that they can know God. And, and so I want to encourage you guys. So, so, so three things. So await, go out and glorify. So, so firstly, uh, await the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying wait till the ground shakes and you hear a trumpet. But, and don't wait until like there's, you have some sort of spiritual encounter. But wait enough that you, are, you allow, so you to be minimised and, and enough that, it's, that, that, you, that you are going out for God to be glorified. Because it's really easy for us to go and be like, oh, and by the way, God, please, please have my back here. Has anyone ever done that? So if you're like, a, you know, on the way, you know, on the way to your, 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 you know, show, oh, by the way, God, I hope you're here too because I, I might need backup in case I, I butcher this. But, but we, we want to await enough so that we are like, all right, I am, 
I'm not the one who's acting here. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls people to God. The Holy Spirit is the one who can glorify God. And He is in action. And, and I want the Holy Spirit to be working so that what? God can be glorified. So that people would know the beauty of the gospel, which is the, the greatest glorification of God there is, and so that they can worship Him too. The second thing is that we, that we have the courage to go out, that, that we have the courage to go out and share that gospel with people so that we're not a, a church that's, that's purely existing to gather in the building and hoping that the Holy Spirit just kind of slowly sanctifies us and some people randomly trickle in, but that we go out and share the gospel with people in our community. Everyone's searching for something and we have the thing that they're searching for. And we want to share that with them. The last thing is that, that we, in everything that we do, that we, we glorify God. We want to go out and make sure that God is glorified in everything that we do. In our jobs, we work so that we can glorify God. In, in, our, in our church, we work for everything so that we can glorify God, so that God, we see how great God is, so that we, we see, so that people in our community see how great God is. That, is. that is our hope. That is my prayer for you guys. And I, I hope that, that we can be people who, who let the Spirit work in our lives so that we can bring the gospel to a, to a group of people who are, who are looking. Amen? Amen? All right, how about we pray? Father, we, we thank you that you are a good and gracious God. We thank you that you sent your son as a sacrifice, atoning us for our sins so that, that we can be brought back into relationship with you and, and that you rose again, that you conquered sin and death and we're, we're brought into a relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you would help us to, 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 to see your spirit working inside of us, to, to, to let the spirit work and shine and show how great you are. Lord, we, we, we pray for this area and we, we ask that, that you would be at work in here. That you would help this church to, to shine the light on how great you are and that people would see in this community that, that you are God. That people in this community would see the need for Jesus. Lord, I pray that this church give them, give them boldness and give them courage to go out. Let your spirit work in them and equip them to go out and share the gospel and share your love. In your name we pray. Amen.